Super Talk Mississippi media production. State Treasurer David McRae is returning record amounts of money to Mississippians, whether it's through the College and Career Savings Program or the millions in unclaimed money awaiting your claim. Treasurer David McRae says get your application and claims today. Treasury.ms.gov. This is Rebecca Turner, and thank you for listening to the Good Things Podcast here on Super Talk Mississippi. It's Mississippi's Radio Happy Hour. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. You're listening to Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Well, I'm going to Mississippi, Mississippi, here I come. Bringing you the good stories of Mississippi's people, places, and things to do. Now, now, here's Rebecca. Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi, and you're tuned into your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now, don't forget, you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app. You can always find us, too, on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station, and you can watch good things. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV, and today we get to hear about some good stuff happening with the Mississippi Department of Archives and History. Not that they don't do good every day, but they've been awarded one million dollars by the National Endowment for the Humanities for an Infrastructure and Capacity Building Challenge Grant. Say that five times fast and you get a you get a gold star today um, for a specific area here in uh, Mississippi, which I think is a good thing. So Justin Ellis and Shane Kill are joining us to tell us a little bit more. So welcome, guys. Okay. Good afternoon. Thanks Congratulations. Anytime your department or your, you know, your um, it gets money, it's it's a good day, right? Very much so. So we we have a great mission, uh, you know, supporting telling Mississippi stories mm-hmm. and preserving all those uh, historic resources around the state. So and we're we're very excited to have received this uh, this funding from the National Endowment for Humanities and excited for what it's going to do uh, in Southwest Mississippi and the Natchez region in particular. So, so it's hard to sort of just put an, it's like Mississippi Department of Archives and History. So it's just a great umbrella for all the other sort of good things and projects you guys have going on. So for for Justin and yourself, Shane, what kind of area do you guys specifically work in or are you in that just umbrella and taking projects sort of as they come so we're in the museum division so there mm-hmm. are five divisions within the department of archives and history and Justin and i specifically work in museums and museums is uh, i'll say sort of the fun all-encompassing umbrella that oversees uh, all the departments uh museums and historic sites around the state so uh and he and i get the great job of uh overseeing and working with a lot of our capital projects and site improvement projects that uh that we have going on at these different sites super cool so many good things going on there okay Justin. And so you guys were awarded this money from the National Endowment for the Humanities. So tell us a little bit about them and how that's a great partnership with the Department of Archives and History. Yeah, of course. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So the National Endowment for the Humanities, um, it was created in 1965 as an independent federal agency. Um, the National Endowment for Humanities supports research and learning in history, literature, philosophy, and other areas of humanities. My fund is selected peer peer reviewed proposal from around the nation, and luckily we, we were one of the one of the areas that was chosen to um, to receive this grant. 
That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So that means y'all have been working and looking and seeing where this money could be of service prior exactly. to going for it. I think anybody who's written for grants. So this is not just like money gifted. You guys had to show that you were going to do work and exactly. then you were awarded this, this sort of grant. So what was your project in mind? First, where did you guys select that you thought that this money would be a good fit for whoever wants to? Sure. So th- uh, this funding will be directed specifically uh, to go towards work at our historic Jefferson College site. And Jefferson College is, uh, it's been a department site since the 1970s, and its history in the state of Mississippi goes all the way back, really, to uh, the state's existence as a territory. So uh, Jefferson College is the earliest uh, institution of higher learning in the state of Mississippi. It's created by it's uh, created by the first charter of any kind uh, by the territorial legislature, uh, and that's way back in 1802. So at that time, uh, the territorial capital is in Washington, Mississippi, so Jefferson College is in the town of Washington, and this is just a few miles outside of Natchez. So this is an important, important region there in the southwest uh, corner of Mississippi. and Jefferson College, continue, you know, is the earliest structures are built, uh, 1819, 1820 time period. And then we see architecture and new structures built all the way up uh, through its continued use as a school uh, into the 1930s. So and the, the site continued to function as a school uh, all the way through the mid-1960s. Uh, but the site has probably uh, significant importance to the state because when the territorial legislature uh, can, or when the uh, uh, Mississippi is preparing to become a state. Uh, the the uh, state constitution assembly meets there on the grounds in 1817, and the state constitution, the first state constitution, 1817, is is drafted and signed there on the modern day campus of Jefferson College. So, uh, it's literally the site where Mississippi became a state in 1817. So, uh, very important to our history for that reason. And so, this grant, Justin, isn't just about preservation, which I know that's a big part of Mississippi archives and history is preservation, but this also tries to help build infrastructure and sort of keep the site functional it's not just about keeping it pretty i'm sure she needs a facelift mm-hmm. <laughs> of some kind there's i mean if you've been around since the 1800s you're gonna need a little something here and there exactly but it's also about continuing to make it a viable i guess building or opportunity institution there in the community exactly and and, and that's what we want to do there um the the Department of Archives and History um, acquired the property in 1977. And, it, and at that point, as Shane mentioned before, um, at that point, it, it did undergo a restoration at that point. But as as you said, it's long overdue for a new facelift. And that's one of the things that we want to do there. Um, we kind of term, I mean, name this project um, the Natchez Center for American History. And what, what we want to do there is tell a regional story there in the um, in, in the Natchez, in the south, southeast um, community in itself. So... Definitely, um, it's, it's something that, that that we want to be able to tell all the stories um, from the Native American experience, um, Cotton Kingdom, slavery, Reconstruction, um, Civil War. We want to tell all these stories there in the region, there at the site. So the one million granted, Justin, for the Natchez Center of American History is part of a bigger idea of a project, right? Like, so this project's been going on long. Like, so this project, how long has this project been going on? This the Natchez Center for American History project. We've been in the planning stages of it um, for for some time now, right? Um, and it's, so it's going through as far as um, getting 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 it done the way as far as um, getting an interpretive plan done and getting architects on board, different things like that. So it's it's a project that's been that we've been planning, but um, but we're we're actually scheduled to try to uh, actually start. Um, construction and this this upcoming spring. That's what I said. So the one million is going to help us sort of get it going, get right? It going, Break exactly. it ground, get it going, get it sort of going forward. Will there need to be more funds than that? Was that like the first push money, or is this something that will be able to sort of help see it to fruition? 
So we, we, we have had some funding. Uh, we've got some great uh, friends and contacts with Mississippi Legislature who have been a great partner. Uh, we've also received uh, just this past summer, summer of 2023, from Energy Mississippi, a $250,000 grant to assist with uh, some of the building restorations there on site, and also our federal friends. So we've also received uh, one or several additional grants through the uh, National Park Service Save America's Treasures Program. So we do have some funding in place. Uh, we're not all the way there, but uh, but we're, we're making good progress. So uh, the, the funds that we do have on, on currently on board are going to help us really get underway with the exterior restoration of the buildings and continue to do some site planning uh, and figure out sort of how we're going to uh, fit all the different exhibit tree and, and different things like that into these historic structures. So and, and all of that has to be done in a very careful and mindful manner to make sure that we keep the historic integrity of all those structures intact. I was going to say, man, that is a mind-numbing process is to re, uh, to sort of bring back a historic site to its original form. So I mean, so who if if people normally come to you guys for historical, I guess, guidance when they're renovating or rest or restoring um, buildings, who do you guys go to? Do y'all have your <laughs> like who are y'all going to to make sure you're staying between the ditches when it comes to all the things that it, it takes to keep it a historical site? Well, believe it or not, um, we we uh, <laughs> our historic preservation department. Um, so this the different the Mississippi landmark program we we have to submit as well and go through the same processes um, as far as permitting and um, reviews. We we go through the same thing. So <laughs> um, just just recently, I submitted a notice of intent to our historic preservation division, and they um, during their committee meeting, they actually have, they have to read through it and if, if there's different things that um that i'm lacking and and when i submit they respond accordingly letting me know that hey this is not in, in line with the antiquities laws different things like that so um in a nutshell we 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 still have to <laughs> report to us as well and why is that so important that you guys go through the meticulousness of making sure it's done correctly so really really uh just going back to that, that we're we're mindful to make sure that all of the original details and materials and features of these structures are, are kept intact. And uh, we have some great folks in our historic preservation division, and they have one of the most complicated jobs in the department. Yes. Uh, I'll say Justin and I get to have the fun. Kind of, the, <laughs> we're, we're out of here on the front end, and we, we get to do a lot of the sort of hands-on and uh, work with uh, work on the site. But when we we need assistance with technical details and sort of the how-to and the nuts and bolts, uh, we go to our our historic preservation or HP folks as we turn them and they're an entire division within a department and they really have that that technical detailed and regulatory oversight role so uh, they they guide us just like they guide uh, anyone else in the state who deals with uh, a changes to Mississippi landmarks or submits for uh, improvements or modifications so uh, and I'd say we also rely heavily on uh, external uh, vendors and, and contractors and architects uh, we have some great external consultants uh, we're currently working with Schaefer's Honors Honor and Starkville on our uh, project here at Historic Jefferson College and uh, we rely heavily on their guidance on how to how to tackle some complicated uh, building and uh, renovation measures. So. Well, and two, you got to remember this is going to be an educational site along with it. So you want it to be as as authentic as possible when people come and sort of see the stories and walk through it. So I can I can appreciate the attention to de- detail. But you guys stick with us because we've got more with Justin and Shane, the Mississippi Department of Archives and History, coming up next.
making your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Good Things. Don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. Hope you've downloaded that. You can always find us, too, on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. We are continuing our conversation with Justin Ellis and Shane Gell. They're with the Mississippi Department of Archives and History. They're with the museum umbrella under the big umbrella. Lord, you guys are up to some really good things. We were talking about the excitement for the Natchez Center for American History Project. You guys getting a million dollars from the National Endowment for the Humanities. But this is another umbrella, or I guess under an umbrella, of a bigger plan you guys have for Southwest Mississippi. So, Shane, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So the department has a lot going on as far as improvements and and projects in the southwest corner of the state, uh, all within uh, a close proximity to Natchez. So, obviously, we've been talking specifically about the uh, our Jefferson College site uh, and sort of its transformation and, and restoration improvements here into becoming the Natchez Center for American History. Uh, but we have a lot going on at our other Natchez site, which is uh, Grand, the Grand Village of the Natchez Indians. Uh, this is a site that uh, interprets and explores the uh, original native, inhabit- native inhabitants of the Natchez region, uh, which were the Natchez or Natchez uh, people, and uh, one of their ceremonial mound centers. Uh, we're underway there with a, a significant project to really uh, uh, improve and expand the, uh, the visitor center and museum building there, do some new exterior interpretation, and really improve that site and make it more accessible. Uh, and tell really that that story of the Nachi people and their their importance to the region, uh, and and all this ties into sort of our our vision and and mission, uh, you know, to to better explore, better interpret, uh, especially some of these untold or undertold stories uh, in Mississippi. So uh, we, we we have a lot going on in in a really important corner of the state. So, gosh, y'all do have a big job. And I'm sitting here thinking, what stories do you start on first, Justin, when you're thinking about the, you know, the untold or, you know, um, those that may not uh, be as well known um, throughout the state? So, Justin, how do y'all go through that when you're looking at areas or projects to come up with? I know with the Natchez Center for American History, you guys wrote a specific sort of a vision for what you would use grant funds for. So, obviously, there was some thought behind it. So, what drew you guys to the Natchez area, to those specific stories there in southwest Mississippi? Mississippi. Yeah. Well, I think ultimately, um, once, if, if we want to think back a couple years ago, well, about six years ago now, we opened the museums here in Jackson, um, the, muse- the two Mississippi museums, which is the Museum of Mississippi History and the Mississippi Civil Rights Museum. The department never rested at that point. Um, the, the department knew that there were there were several other several other sites that we um, that we have and that that, that deserve the same same amount of. Um, interpretation and exhibits done things of this nature and it was just um it the department along with community partners and external channels um things of the nature we they just say that okay now we need to focus on on natchez let's focus on our sites there let's bring them up to par with all of our other sites and that's getting rolling and that's getting going for sure. Exactly. You guys, Justin and Shane, being within the museum realm, I, I love every time on Good Things we have somebody, a director or um, from another museum that just brings to light what great educational opportunities we have in the smallest communities and the largest communities all across this state. When it comes to museums here in Mississippi, I mean, we're not short for, for any unique place to stop in and visit, are we? Not at all. <laughs> how do y'all keep up with? Do y'all know how many museums we have in the state? I'm just totally throwing you under the bus. 
Oh, I'd, that's a great question. That I is a great no question. <laughs> that's, uh, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. I, but I can say that the Department of Archives and History mm-hmm. has nine uh, excellent museums and historic sites across the state uh, that we would encourage visitors to see. But uh, there, there are great uh, museums and historic institutions of all sizes across the state in every corner. Uh, one of the great things that we do at the department is we we assist and advise uh, those institutions with uh, with different things, operations and collections management, uh, you know, for exhibitry. Uh, so we're you know we get to go out and travel and and our historic preservation folks as well uh, in in their roles so we're we're heavily involved in that community and i can say that we we have some of the best museums and best content uh, all across the state for people to see you bring up a point uh shane it's the and i think of mississippi archives and history as being the big umbrella but there are museums and things that are not necessarily under the the Correct. but it is a we're like mississippi we're a big family so exactly. if they're a museum you guys are all there to sort of help and sort of encourage each other okay what cool jobs you've got so justin I got to know, how do you find yourself into this work? Because we're in Carter Line. There may be kids listening who love history. There's parents and all of that. Like, I wouldn't have known you could grow up and do this when you, you know, when you got older. So what led you here? Well, with me, um, I I say all the time to everyone, um, I work for the Department of Archives and History. But as far as just being a direct historian by trade, um, I'm not. So um, I... um, I've al- I've always worked in community service um, capacities, things of that nature, and um, I started out at the two museums shortly after they opened, and from there, uh, with me having a background in logistics and um, blueprinting things like that, it kind of led me into this role of being a project manager for um, for the museum division. With us having so many big projects coming up, things of that nature, you really need somebody to drive the project home. Um, it just if you if 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 the if the blueprints say, "Hey, we need this type of building." You just need somebody to make sure that, "Hey, this is what this is what's getting done." And if not, catching that and paying attention to it um, ahead of time to make sure that um, it, it gets done. So, um, with me, um, I have, that's that's my background: logistics, customer you know, you, service. You bring up logistics, blueprinting, all that. I'd have never put that into historian, like you know, Shane. Like it's what, but I, what I love about asking those questions is because kids need to hear, or those need to hear that, like it's not just you don't, you know, it's not just about being a history major to sort of get here. You've got to have all these other backgrounds to exactly. make these type of projects and things that our states do, and to keep our history, you know, on the tongues of people and being able to be understood and educated. And it's not just you know history class. Right. I'd also add that we're making a historian out of Justin yeah, they, uh, as they we are. go forward. So he, he may not have started <laughs> yeah, as a historian, exactly. but uh, by the time we're, do- we're done in, uh, with this project, he will definitely be one on, on Natchez and, mm-hmm. and Southwest Mississippi history. So, For sure. Have you enjoyed that part of it? Has it I been have. a a, um, a unique experience to just to, to learn? Like, not everybody goes to work to learn, like, the history of their state. So have you learned a lot about Mississippi? I've learned a lot. Um, over. I've been with the department um, now six years, and I learn something new every day. Every day, and I and that's that may sound a little cheesy to some people, mm-hmm. like oh he's just saying that, but no, I I really do. I learn something every day from. Um, well, there's something from new a group to of learn. Passionate people, yeah. And there, and that's one thing that I, I do know at the Department of Archives and History is you guys are all passionate. We were talking about our collective friend, Brothers Rogers. Many would know that name. He's visited us here on Good Things, and I can hear him now. We have a Smithsonian level. You know, the two museums are Smithsonian level, and we were sharing that folks take time off their, you know, take their vacation time, use their discretionary income to travel to Mississippi just to see our museums. And there's so many that are guilty, you know, here listening to Good Things that haven't, for whatever reason, taken the 
time or the opportunity to visit those. How how much does that break your heart, Shane? That that some Mississippians haven't visited yet. Well, that that that's hard to hear, but we we definitely would take this time to encourage them yeah. to come and see, uh, especially here in Jackson at the two museums. I mean, these are two world class institutions. Uh, you can come and see uh, literally thousands of artifacts on display, both from uh, civil rights history in the state and and the state's history going back to uh, pre-contact with Native Americans. I mean, we we have some fantastic pieces to see, uh, some fantastic historic content that, that, uh, you know, for for visitors of all ages. So we definitely, definitely encourage everyone to come out and see us at the two museums. You should. You should at least put that on your bucket list. But there's so many other bucket list items we were just talking about, talking about the Windsor ruins. Is that part of not or part of the Southwest plan? Sure. So Windsor, uh, Windsor is part of that. And this is a this is a site that if you're a Mississippian this and you've not seen or been to Windsor ruins, this should be uh, on a on your bucket list. Uh, this was a, uh, you know, finished construction right on the uh, eve of the Civil War uh, and one of the largest, if not the largest uh, antebellum plantation home in Mississippi. It, it burned uh, in 1890 and the columns have remained and they, it's just this very imposing and powerful site um, and it's uh, been a department site now uh, since the 1970s and we're actually just wrapping up a project to uh, really stabilize and preserve those columns. So obviously a lot of damage from the elements and time has not been kind, uh, but we've, we've spent uh, uh, quite, quite a bit of time and, and funding there to over the last uh, three to four years to stabilize those, and it's really a magnificent site uh, that is that is sort of part of this uh, sort of regional umbrella of history in that region. So if you come see us in Natchez and on your way on your way down the trace, uh, make a short detour and see Windsor ruins. See Windsor ruins. Fun fact: Natchez is the biscuit capital of the world. Another fun fact is National Pie Day. So what's our what's the boys' favorite <laughs> pie? Justin, what's your favorite pie? I'm, I'm a simple guy. Uh, pecan pie. Can't mess it up. You can't mess it up. And if you do, you've got talent. So exactly. Shane, this is uh, this is probably one of the toughest questions of the day. But I'll, I'll probably settle on cherry. It's just a good classic staple. So. Oh no, your mom introduced you to something. What did she introduce you to? So that was the strawberry rhubarb. So it's a close tie, and uh, I don't know if everyone's familiar with that. I just want to know if somebody that. else has had a strawberry rhubarb pie. You can let us know on the text line for sure, because I feel like you're not alone. But you're at a small. It's a small group. It's a small group here. <laughs> but we want we want more people to experience that so i wonder it's not so it can't be a mississippi staple it's probably not in a museum it's probably in a museum somewhere but probably not here in mississippi the strawberry if, if they're a pie museum i don't know that's uh, there's definitely a pecan pie in a museum <laughs> right. in mississippi absolutely for i'm gonna sure. look that pile up right after this <laughs> well you guys are welcome over. back anytime to give us updates on the natchez center for american history we'll be following that as you guys break ground and sort of build that into fruition but you all stick with us we got more for you coming up next Rebecca Turner. She looks healthy and sane. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi.
Welcome back to Good Things. Stream live over at supertalk.fm. You can also find us on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And you can watch us. We are on your computer, your mobile device. Just head on over to Supertalk TV. And don't forget that we're still in a critical shortage in our blood supply for the state. There's less than one day supply left on our shelves. So Mississippi Blood Services is in desperate need for the following blood types. Basically, if you've got blood, go. But I'll tell you just in case you want to know if you match. O negative, O positive, B negative, and B positive, and A negative. Now, if you are A positive or AB positive, then please come in to donate platelets. They need that also. You can always call Mississippi Blood Services. That number is 601-368-2673. You can easily go to msblood.com if you want to find a blood drive near you. If you've heard of a blood drive near you, then partake in it because I know they're popping up all over the place. Folks are trying to make it as easy as possible for you guys to get out and um, give blood. And if you give blood, then treat yourself to a piece of pie, which today is National Pie Day. Which one? It's the yummy kind, because I had to look to see which pie day it actually was. Cause well, no, the, the other pie day is... It's in the number. It's in the number, yes. But for those of us who don't have the same IQ as you, don't remember those things. And so we have to click to be told and then go, yes. So for those people who thought that there was crawfish farming in Mississippi, that would be me, also doesn't know which pie day is which pie day. So there you go. But it is the delicious one, the yummy one. The one that comes with a crust. The one that comes with a crust. Over on the Good Things Facebook group, we've gotten the yummy conversation started. Just simply asking, what is your favorite pie? And when you think about it, kind of like cookies, you when you first think pie, only a few come to mind. And then you think you either like pie, you like cake, and you don't really think further than that. But then when you start reading like what folks' favorite pies are, you realize, wow, there's a whole world of pies out there that I have never even thought about trying. Um, strawberry and rhubarb pie? Never heard of it until today. Would totally try it. I think pie is one of those things. Pie and cake are those two desserts. I'm not going to say I'd eat a whole slice, but there's very few that I would turn away. I'll try that. I'll have a bite. Let me see what that's all about. I want to see if it knocks my socks off. And so pie is definitely uh, one of those for sure. If you had to pick pie or cake, what would you pick, Rhino? Are you a pie guy or are you a cake guy? Pie guy. You're a pie guy. Is there something specific about the pie? Uh, it's just the the ratio of deliciousness. With I've as I've gotten older, I've learned to appreciate the differences in frosting and and icing and all the different things you put on top of cake. Because when I was younger, I would just eat the icing off and just leave the cake on the plate. I just didn't. I had no desire to eat the cake. I just wanted the icing. As I've gotten older. I understand there's balance there, and the the flavor profile and the textures complement each other. So I do enjoy cake, but I'm still partial to the icing or the frosting. Whereas pie, you have to do a really bad job on the crust for me to not want to eat the burn crust. It. Yeah, that's about the only way you'd have to burn it. Yeah, would be that with. And even then, it might add something to it. It could. I um, I would say pie. I love the crust. 
you I can actually like if you're one that doesn't like your crust, like maybe that's just not the star of the show for you and you need out the middle and sort of scrape it because you feel like you're leaving calories on the plate. So you feel better about yourself. I know it's I see you. I know exactly who you are. I'm the one who's going for your crust. I'm like, well, would you just give that right on over to me. I'll finish that um, all for you. Although I do think the middle is delicious, um, it's delicious as well. They do a and this is the national day. They do a, I guess, poll. Um, on pies. What do you think is the most liked or favorite type of pie by all of those who polled? So I guess this would be a national poll um, in terms of favorite pies. Nationwide. I... Key lime pie? Nope. <clears throat> 37% is apple. Okay. But that's American pie. I just didn't know if they were going to go with the, <coughs> the, the basic apple pie as being the best because it, it feels like, yes, that is the the first one you think of, but usually with these kind of questions, it's not the first thing that comes to mind when it's a national poll. That is true, but they have Apple. The next is, math is hard, what's the next? Other. <laughs> so I don't know what that is. It's other. And then the next is pecan, cherry, and then which would be my favorite, blueberry. But we were getting in debate about whether my mom's blueberry crunch is considered a pie. So to be a pie, you have to have – do you just have to have a crust or do you have to have like the crust and the topping? I would just think like if you a, have a in crust terms of, it's round. Then it's considered a pie. If it goes into a pie shell, shell. then it's a pie. So my mom's blueberry crunch would be considered a pie because it's a graham cracker pie crust – a blueberry filling, but then it's whipped cream or whatever she puts on top. On top, it's not like an apple pie, a cherry pie, a peach cobbler. When well, that's a co- that's a whole other conversation. That's not it's a cobbler. It's not a pie, but unless you put it in a pie crust, which put, is peach cobbler pie, which is peach. Co- oh, so you just add pie to the yeah. If you got a end. crust and it's in a round shape, that's a pie, and it it doesn't necessarily have to be sweet. You can have a tomato pie. You could have a pot pie where it's crust on bottom and top, but it's still round and it's got the crust, so it's a pie. My mind just, like, I knew that, but I just wasn't thinking in that direction just yet today. Now, if you really get into the weeds with fried pies, especially being here in Mississippi, I think the the way it stays a pie is because, A, it's using pie filling and pie crust, and it started off round. They just folded it over. Was it McDonald's that used to have the little fried apple pie? I don't know if it was fried. I mean, they still do, but Is yeah. it an apple pie or was it a fried pie? I mean, I know it's, okay, it's an apple pie regardless. Yeah, it's an apple pie. So it's just an apple pie the, that wasn't the, fried. Well, it's that's the debate. Used to, they would take the apple pie and dunk it in the fryer mm-hmm. to heat it up. But that's that just, was in a different time. So they don't do that A less anymore. litigious time. Can you still get an apple pie at McDonald's? I have honestly not asked for one in years, but I imagine still there. Mm, well, they took away the parfaits and everything else delicious. And their workers in the front, so... I'm sure. Who love a parfait? Yeah, no, they were only they were like ninety nine cents. It was just a sweet little treat that you needed if you weren't going for the whole apple pie. They used to have cinnamon rolls too. I don't know if they still have those, but you know, back in my day, you could get a cinnamon roll in the morning. You get apple pie in the afternoon if you wanted to at McDonald's. But they did. It was very convenient, and they made it very easy to to sort of um, to sort of eat. So Kristen says lemon or key lime pie would be her favorite. Several for pecan pie or pecan pie. Don't throw. You're start a fight. I know. Don't throw shade at me. I know what it is. I know what you. <laughs> I know how you want it, Jim, to be uh, 
be pronounced. And Josie says she likes chocolate French silk pie, coconut cream pie, and apple pie. I love. I just really appreciate. There's very few of you who listened to the assignment and gave me one. Most of you have given me multiple pie offerings. Oh yeah, I was I was trying to figure out how to whittle mine down because I'm I'm stuck with four that I can't really choose because there's a difference that's enough to make them each number one, in my opinion. Like, my go-to, if I had to pick one pie for the rest of my life, it's my mom's chocolate chess pie recipe. But you don't always want chocolate. You don't always want that rich fudginess. So that's like the, the decadent pie. If I want something lighter and fruity... I would want mom's Cool Whip strawberry pie, where you take the condensed milk and the lemon juice and you mix it together till it gets kind of thickened up a little bit, and then you fold in the Cool Whip and then you fold in the strawberries and put it in a pie shell and stick it in the fridge for a couple hours. Don't even have to worry about baking it. Sweet, fruity, a little tart from the lemon juice. So that's that's a whole different quadrant. But then I'm thinking, I love me a pot pie. I love a, and that's the bottom part of this graph here. I got savory pies. I love I a chicken pot pie. I forgot about a pot pie. Right. It's. I mean, chicken pot pie is so quick and easy to go to. If like, you get a little frozen one, put a little slice of cheese on it, stick it in the microwave. You got a full meal in five minutes. I have never put cheese on a pot pie. Oh, it's so good. Like on the top. Like oh yeah. You just let it melt down. Like and if in? you get one of the frozen pot pies where you're supposed to cut the little slit in it and stick it in the microwave, cut the slit in it, put a slice of cheese on top. Do the same thing. Well, Mike says pizza pie, sausage with peppers and onions. So that would be right there. But no, but it's that's round and it's got a crust. It's round, it's got a crust, but it's still I guess considered a pie because it's round, it's got a crust. It doesn't matter that the crust is pizza dough. And as much as I like pizza, on that side of the savory, I'd have to go with tomato pie. There's it's to- round, I think it's, it's Tom's pies. Um, Tom's Fried Pies. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. They're supposed to be famous here in Mississippi. Andy says, yes, McDonald's has apple pies now. There you go. You can get you one on pie day. But stick with us. we got more for you coming up next. Rebecca Turner. She's smart and pretty. Good Things with Rebecca Turner continues on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. 
back to good things. Don't forget you can find us on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. We're also streaming live over at supertalk.fm, where you can also keep up with everything happening in the presidential primaries over at supertalk.fm slash elections. You'll get a full breakdown of state-by-state results, delegate counts, and more. So that's supertalk.fm slash elections. Talking about National Pie Day, asking you what's your favorite slice of pie. You probably have more than one. But if you were wondering if McDonald's is still serving pie, Jeff and McComb says you can get two for two twenty-two at McDonald's. Um, well, there you go. Well, there you go. I guess hopefully their ice cream machine is down. You can get two apple pies. Shane in Oxford, though, says the key lime pie from the Beacon in Oxford is hard to beat. So if you've got a Mississippi-based pie you would like to tout, 601-879-4395, you walk in and you always wonder because you never know. There are different ways establishment chooses their desserts. If you have a pastry chef or dessert chef on site, then you're probably at a different price point in your your meal. Um, they're not always that easy to just come by. So sometimes they are, I'm going to say off the rack or off the shelf, but they're not in-house made. I mean, Unless you've got uh, an establishment that's like a family-run yes. restaurant. And then they where, probably have one or two yeah, like of the grandma uh-huh. that, that has run the cash register for decades is now she's passed that on to someone and she's in charge of desserts. And you may get a different one every day that she makes, and you may only get a. There's only a certain amount for that particular evening, and you get it while the getting um, is good. I appreciate it when it's on the um, it's in the pie thingy or oh, in the yeah, cake on the counter. On the counter in the the words are skipping my mind, but you know in the cake plate thing, the things you get for your wedding you never use. You just put them up, let them collect dust, except for like. Teas and bridal showers. Is it called a cake dish? <laughs> There's a formal word for it, and I feel like somebody will text it in, and I'll be like, yes. Cake, pot stand, cake stand, something like that. It's so simple, and I'm getting it all wrong, and I'm fumbling over myself. The point is, they have to cut it for you, like, when you order it. They go and sort of cut it. To me, those are the ones, and just getting, like, a slice of pie, you know, brought to you. When you know, like, you can watch it, and then you have to check out at the counter. It's like there's just something good yeah even if it's the same exact person that made the same exact dessert there's something different of watching somebody cut off your slice of cake or pie and hand it to you versus going over the cooler and grabbing a a plate and taking the saran wrap off and handing it to you i love black bottom pie someone said my grandmother made it when i was growing up i feel like pies are definitely those things that we have memories attached to that we have like specific people, like so many other foods are sort of desserts. But usually you had that one granny, aunt, mom, you know, not that not that dudes can't make pies. I mean, you probably make sweet potato pies, all those sort of things, crawfish pies. But but it does feel like it's a grandparent thing that comes with with the pie, like or your mom or something of that nature that would make the pie. You could smell the pie. You can smell cakes, too, being baked, I guess. But there's something different with pie. You have to let it cool and then you get to choose whether you do ice cream or not with the pie. And it's a smaller like amount. So you don't you don't necessarily get a big Slice if you've got a larger portion to feed um, in that way. Ice cold millionaire's pie in the summer, someone said. I have never heard of that, but I would definitely not turn it down. Jeff says, shepherd's pie for supper, pecan pie for 
desserts. Hey, Mike and Biloxi shares that McDonald's bakes their pies. Whataburger still does it right and deep fries theirs. My favorite is the sweet potato pie. So just a little bit on your fast food pie if you're thinking about going through and getting a slice or two tonight. Darren and Jackson says sweet potato pie. We've heard, I guess, spring pies, um, summer pies, but it feels like pies are a fall thing. Are they a fall thing or are they a summer thing? I guess it depends on what you're putting in there. It depends on what kind of pie. Like going back to my quadrant O pies, a summertime pie would be a really nice Cool Whip strawberry pie. That'd be really refreshing on a hot summer night versus a pot pie would be really good on a cold winter's night. A Heath Bar pie would be good any day of the year, I do believe. Shane and Tupelo brings up the memory of Corky's chocolate pie and the old Shoney's strawberry pie, said Shane and Tupelo. So if you remember that on the buffet. That Heath Bar pie was always my mom's weakness. She just couldn't If it was on the it. menu, she was going to have to fight to get it. I know people like that with key lime pie. Because it's kind of a booger to make with the, oh, yeah. with the topping. And so like, you just don't want to put forth the effort. I remember her mom made a key lime pie one time. And we poked fun at her because she, she added green food coloring to it. Bless and it, it didn't look quite key lime. It would have been a really good pie for like St. Patty's Patrick's Day. Because it was that <laughs> Kelly green. But it still tasted good though. All right. Stick with this. we got more for you up next. You've got the boys with sports talk from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.